God bless you and welcome to Yesterday Ended, Healing the Traumas of Life. I'm your host, Dennis Dobbin. Thank you so much for joining me today. Do you say Happy Holidays or do you say Merry Christmas? So what is the reason for the season for you? Is Jesus the reason for the season? Some people complain about the observance of Christmas saying it is a pagan holiday that has become all about money all about getting people to spend lots of money. There are a number of scholars that say Jesus was actually born in September. And though some people debate whether Jesus was born at all, if he wasn't, man, this myth has gained a lot of traction. But if you're listening to this podcast, you most likely believe that Jesus was born. And no matter what day he was born on, it's still pretty awesome that huge portions of this world we live in still have some observation to commemorate his birth. So beyond the observation of the day, what does the birth of Christ mean to you? What's your relationship with Jesus? These are the things I will be speaking of in this episode. Give a listen. Imagine the government tells you you have to go to your hometown to be enrolled in a census so you can be taxed, and you've moved away from your hometown. Your hometown is now 90 miles away, and your wife is due to have her first baby any moment. And in the day and time you live, there's no such thing as an automobile or a plane. You're walking, most likely, and at best, maybe in a wagon. This is the setting of the birth of Jesus. The average walking speed of most people is about three miles an hour, but you're nine months pregnant, so you're going to be going about two and a half miles per hour, and you've got 90 miles to go. It probably took Mary and Joseph a week or so if they walked, perhaps a little less if they were on donkeys or in a wagon. Either way, it's a long, arduous trip for a pregnant woman. Then they get into Bethlehem and there's no room in the inns. And then the birth comes while you're most likely sleeping in a barn. And while this newborn baby is sleeping in a manger, which is a watering trough, some shepherds come in with an unusual message. But before they came in, you and your husband have already had a visitation each from an angel that told you certain things. Mary was told this, And behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb, and bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus. He shall be great, and shall be called the Son of the Highest, and the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father David. And he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there shall be no end. Mary is about 15 years old, give or take, at this moment. That's a bit to take in at that age, or at any age, for that matter, for a new mom. She's going to have a son whose name means Savior. He's going to be called the Son of the Highest, and he's going to be a king like David, and of his kingdom there shall be no end. Joseph was told, that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost, and she shall bring forth the Son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. No, 
Your wife didn't cheat on you, Joseph. She's having a baby that was conceived of the Holy Ghost. You're going to have a son whose name means Savior, and he's going to save Israel from their sins. He's not going to save them from Rome. He's going to save them from their sins. He's going to save them from being separated from God, and you're going to be his stepdad. So let's go back to the shepherds who have arrived within moments of the birth of this child, and they tell you about this miraculous visitation that has just happened to them. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. Ye shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. If you're Mary, do you think you'd be trembling at this point as you held this child in your arms? Now she and Joseph have collectively four different witnesses that Mary just gave birth to the Messiah and future king of Israel. Shortly thereafter, a bunch of wise men from Babylon show up and give you a bunch of gold, frankincense, and myrrh, which are all kingly treasures. Mary had been told that her child would inherit the throne of David. He would be a king. The wise men give a long story about how they came to find the one to be king of Israel. Then after the wise men leave, Joseph gets another dream in which he is told to hot-foot it out of Bethlehem and go to Egypt. So what do you think of this child? This child born in a very humble setting, yet quickly elevated by the visit of the wise men who lavished these amazing gifts upon him. And over and over again, God keeps telling you about this child and who he is and what he will accomplish. What do you think of Jesus? What does he mean to you? When John the Baptist saw Jesus, his response was, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. And when it came time for the disciples to declare who he was, their response was, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Jesus is the reason for the season. He is the greatest gift that has ever been given. For through him we can obtain the gift of eternal life. Through him we have access to the Father. In him we are seated at the right hand of God. What does Jesus mean to you? Do you realize that as he is, so are we? What is my definition? How am I described? What does the Dictionary of Life say about me? I am joint heirs with Christ, predestined to be conformed to the image of God's Son. In Christ, a new creation. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. Who am I? As he is. He is the definition of the who, the what, and the where of me. In me, he is the who you see. He is the what you feel and hear. He is the where I should be. He is the eyes of my sight. He is the ears of my hearing. 
He is the hands of my touch. He is the center, and he is the circumference, and he is the mass and volume of all my existence. He is the image. He is the measure. He is the foundation. He is the all of me. With him, in him, through him, by him, and of him I live. Without him, I am nothing. What does Jesus mean to you? Consider what it says in Colossians chapter 3, verse 4. When Christ, who is our life, shall appear, then shall ye appear also with him in glory. It says here he is your life. And where is he now? According to Galatians chapter 2, verse 20, it says, I was crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live, yet not I, but Christ lives in me. And the life that I now live in the flesh, I live through the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. You were crucified with him, and your old man died and was buried. But then you were quickened with him, raised up with him, and made to sit at the right hand of the Father. Talk about getting good seats. You were crucified with Christ, yet you don't live. Christ lives within you. Did you get that? Christ lives within you. He is your life. And the life that you now live in the flesh, you live through faith in him and of him. He is the source. Or as it says in John fourteen six, he is the way, the truth, and the life. He's the way to the Father. He is our mediator. He is our hope. He is our Savior. He is our everything. If you have fear, he is your peace. If you're depressed, he is your joy. If you feel alone, he is your friend. He is the bishop and shepherd of your soul. He is the captain of your salvation. He is your advocate. What does Jesus mean to you? He is the only begotten Son of God. He is the firstborn of all creation. He outranks everyone. He is the Lord of the Sabbath. He is the Lord of glory. He is the Lord of all. He is the King of kings and Lord of lords. And yet, he loved you and gave himself for you. What does Jesus mean to you? Romans 8.34 says, who is he that condemneth? It is Christ that died, yea, rather, that is risen again, who is even at the right hand of God, who also makes intercession for us. Jesus sits at the right hand of the Father right now and is talking to him on your behalf, asking for blessings and mercy and grace and whatever else it is that you might need today. Today, right now, he's talking to the Father on your behalf. He's reminding the Father that it is through his blood that we are justified, made righteous, sanctified, redeemed, and therefore reconciled to the Father. You've been thoroughly washed by the blood of Jesus. There are no sin stains to be seen. When the Father looks at you, he sees Jesus. That was the Father's original intent. You've been predestined to be conformed to the image of Jesus. Are you partnering with the Father's intentions? Are you allowing the Word to transform you into that image? What does Jesus mean to you? 
Considering the words Mary was told, do you think Jesus is great? Do you think he is the son of the highest? Jesus is the son of David and therefore a king. Is he the king of your heart? Considering the words spoken to Joseph, Jesus would save God's people from their sins. Has Jesus saved you from your sins? Or are you endeavoring to do good works to save yourself? Considering the words spoken to the shepherds, does the message given to them bring good tidings of great joy to you? Is he your Savior? And is he your Lord? What does Jesus mean to you? What does his birth mean to you? What does his death mean to you? I keep asking questions to provoke your thinking considering who Jesus is to you. In the decades I ran a home church, I met hundreds of people. Some of them I only met for an hour or two, never saw them again. Others returned several times, while others became friends whose friendship endured for years and some to this very day. How much time do you spend in fellowship with your Lord, with your Savior, with your King, with your friend? After Saul was witnessed to by Jesus on the road to Damascus, Jesus spoke with a certain disciple named Ananias. Jesus asked Ananias to go pray for Paul. Ananias had some reservations concerning seeing Saul because his reputation was one that hurt Christians. But Jesus assured Ananias that he had called Saul to be a part of the family of God and be one of his ministers. Jesus can give you an assignment because he's the head of the body. Do you have any expectations of him speaking to you? Jesus loved you and gave himself for you. He endured the cross for the joy that was set before him. That joy was your redemption and salvation. He ever lives to make intercession for you. He's on your side. It says in 1 Timothy that Jesus came into the world to save sinners. His work was finished on the cross. You are free to live in victory with great joy. The life of Jesus truly does bring glad tidings. In this season of Christmas where people celebrate his birth, rejoice in your Savior Jesus, who is Christ the Lord. What does Jesus mean to you? Christmas morning, as you may be opening a present or two, consider the greatest present that has ever been given and open up your heart to receive all that he is. Open up his qualities of peace and joy and blessed assurance that he has saved you from your sins and brought you into a right relationship with the Father. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. As always, looking forward to hearing from you through my Facebook page, Yesterday Ended, or via email at dmdobbin at sbcglobal.net. God bless you. Merry Christmas and Happy New Year.